Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Lauren in Chicago. You're listening to Barca Talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson, speaking to you from Buffalo, New York. And with me, as always, from six hours in the future in Madrid is Gabriel Quiroga. What's up, Gabriel? What's up, Brian? How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, what's I heard you were at some crazy parties in Madrid lately. Uh, well, yeah. So there's these neighborhood uh, fiestas that go on all summer long in Madrid. So I was there last night till pretty, pretty late. So I'm actually just getting started with my day, and especially with the Classico that's going to be on at 10 p.m. local time, it makes for a nice Sunday. How was your weekend? It's It's been great. You know, um, my girlfriend just had a birthday yesterday, so we had a fairly chill day celebrating uh, her birthday. It's her first birthday in Buffalo. She doesn't know a ton of people, so uh, we had a fairly small gathering, but uh, yeah, it's been nice. And I've been uh, I've been nursing a, nursing an ankle problem. I got the gout. <laughs> So I've been taking some anti-inflammatories, and I couldn't even drink it all yesterday. So it was it was a bit of a bummer, but I'm stoked about the uh, the game later today. Yeah, me as well. I'm I'm hoping to see uh, how we're going to have our formation, how we're going to play, especially Sands Neymar. So we'll be talking about that as well. Yeah, seriously. Well, we have a lot to talk about today, actually. Uh, so since our last episode, Neymar left Barcelona and signed with PSG, as m- most of you probably know. Uh, Barcelona played the Gumper Trophy match with Chapasuense. Uh, the club had their second offer for Coutinho rejected by Liverpool. Um, but at the same time, Coutinho put in a, an official request with Liverpool to get transferred. Um, and we signed Paulinho from Gongshu Evergrande. Also, as we're going to talk about later, the first competitive Clasico, uh, by the time you hear this, has been played. And the first leg of the Supercopa. And in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about our reactions. So that's plenty to get into. So I, I, I think we should just go ahead and start the show, yeah? Yeah, let's get started. All right. So we want to start with a couple of things that uh, came in from our listeners. Uh, This first question comes from Angel in Salt Lake City, Utah. And Angel asks, uh, can you please tell me who is a better fit for Barcelona, Dybala or Coutinho? Uh, Thank you for doing the podcast and keep up the good work. Viva Barca. So thanks for that, Angel. And I think when he sent in that question, that was about a week ago, there appeared to be a good chance that Coutinho might actually wind up signing with Barcelona, which is still up in the air, despite Liverpool's repeated statements that he is not for sale. 
And uh, while there have been a few whispers about uh, Dybala here and there, I don't think Barcelona have even made an offer for him. But still, I think it's a good question because at the heart of it is basically asking what kind of player do we think Barcelona needs most right now? So when I compare those two, you know, Coutinho is more of an attacking midfielder and Dybala is more of a frontline attacker, like a secondary striker. So for me, even with Neymar gone, I think what Barca needs most is more high-end talent in midfield. As we saw in the Chapasuense match, uh, Delufeu can do a great job in the front three. I mean, of course, he's no Neymar, but nobody is comparable to Neymar, really. But he positioned himself well. He played well off of Iniesta, Alba, and Messi. So, I mean, if it were up to me, I would take uh, a Coutinho over a Dybala. What do you, what do you think? Um, can we have both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not, right? <clears throat> yeah, so for me... I was looking at videos before and just kind of reading up some more information. And for me, I think Coutinho would be a better fit just because, like you said, high-end talent in midfield. But I think Dybala is very talented. He could be, you know, a top 10 player in the world, potentially. And so for me, I don't know. For right now, I would say Coutinho is a better fit because he gives us depth. Um, he pushes people down the, the depth chart a little bit. So it gives us a little bit of depth there. But... I'm just really disappointed with this whole transfer saga of what we're doing. I don't think we should buy anybody this summer. I think that we should just stand pat. Everyone knows we have all this money. So everyone is trying to gouge us with the Dembele, with Coutinho, with every, and, you know, obviously with Paulino. And it's just a really bad summer. Um, and so for me, like the question was presented by Angel, I would take Coutinho. I think Coutinho would be a better fit. I think he would be a good heir apparent to Iniesta for the next coming seasons, but I just don't see Coutinho coming. Yeah, it, it seems to be really up in the air and no one can decide what's going on. But uh, but yeah, thanks again, Angel, for sending in that question. We enjoyed that. Um, now, Gabriel, you have another listener comment from a, a friend of yours about the board of directors. What What's your friend's name and wh- what did he have to say? So my friend's name is Alejandro. He's actually a family friend of mine that lives in Barcelona and we have weekly discussions on our G-chat about Barcelona and what would we do differently on the if we were on the board and all this stuff so he 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 sent me an interesting uh nugget here he was talking about the directiva barca or he's let me read what he said to me uh the directiva barca are in the process of screwing the proven barca style and spirit more or less before sandro Rosello, the players came to barca not for money but for something else that was when we had unicef on our jersey and the canteras where most of our players came from since sandro we sold our shirt we got rid of the cantera and we attract players based on money no heart players who will also leave for money, more money. So obviously he was talking about Neymar in that situation. I agree for the most part with his sentiment. Uh, the only thing is that, you know, with the whole Jersey thing, um, we had to do it because we had to get more money, but also the Canteras were from the La Maisa. That's the, that's the thing that's failing right now. What, do you, what are your thoughts on this, on the Directiva? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as far as the the jersey sponsorship thing goes, um, I think it's important to note that Barcelona does still work closely with UNICEF and they do still have a very active foundation with a lot of and they're even trying to grow it even more through they have a plan through 2021 to grow the foundation even more and continue to work with UNICEF and continue all of those humanitarian and uh, social 
projects that the club has going on. They just don't have UNICEF on the jersey anymore because, yeah, they they did a a more commonplace uh, sponsorship deal with uh, Rakuten for this year and for the next couple of years. So it it is unfortunate that, um, you know, we we were one of the last holdouts to do that, sponsoring UNICEF on the jerseys rather than, you know, just some company that's paying advertising dollars. Um, But you could see how it benefits the club in terms of revenue. And I guess it it doesn't make it as obvious that the club is continuing to work with UNICEF, but I, I don't see that as such a bad thing. Uh, and as far as the, uh, the this whole, you know, the, the question about the Canteras and La Masia, you know, uh, it makes me think of something. So we shared a video after Neymar's uh, move to PSG of a bunch of Barcelona fans and their reactions. And a lot of them felt that Neymar didn't go about it the right way and that he wasn't respectful to the club. And personally, I don't know about that. I mean, you know, I'm not in it. I get to have this kind of distance being here in the States. But in a lot of ways, it looked like a fairly standard move in modern football terms. But it's just the kind that we don't normally see at Barcelona. You know, it's strange when a player in the prime of his career decides to leave Barcelona because it's such a destination. And of course, a lot of fans, players, uh, directors thought that Neymar was going to be the successor to Messi. But that's where I see a little bit of denial, actually. And this comes back to to Alejandro's point, in terms of loyalty to the club, right, you can't compare Neymar to Messi. There are a lot of reasons that Messi has stayed with Barca for so long and will most likely stay there until he retires or, you know, goes back to Argentina as an older player. And all of those reasons go back to the fact that as a boy, Barcelona saw his footballing talent and took him in when no other club would because he was small and he had a hormone deficiency. But Barcelona saw how great his footballing mind was and how badly he always wanted to win. So they took him on, gave him the hormone treatment he needed, and put him through the youth system, and he's become a legend. You know, Neymar's situation is very different. He came up in Brazil, spending 10 years at Santos as a youth player and then the beginnings of his professional career. And Barcelona acquired him when he was already mature and for a lot of money. And that's a very different situation from Messi's. So why would you expect Neymar to have the same kind of loyalty to the club that Messi has or any of those players who came up through La Masia? You know, and now you see with all this difficulty they're having landing Coutinho for Liverpool, for example, right? We wouldn't be in this situation if we had more players of the caliber we need who had been with the club since childhood and had that kind of loyalty developed in them. So, I I mean, I totally agree with Alejandro's point. Yeah, so when we were talking about, when I was talking with Alejandro about this, I was thinking, yeah, you know, loyalty and all this stuff. But you're right. In modern football terms, this is a standard transfer. He was weighing his options, got more money and left. The thing for me though, I just wanted to hear his his side of the story before or after. And we still haven't heard anything. I mean, in the press conference he said he wanted a new challenge, but you know, that's whatever, you know. It's hard for me as a Barcelona fan to see is like you said that Neymar's in his prime and he's leaving to go to PSG which is a lower quote-unquote tier team you know and so there's just a lot of issues going on with the board La Maisa it's just all a mess right now and yeah our team is you know top five in Europe and is going to hopefully perform pretty well this year and all that but you know we always have to be looking to the future of what's coming in the pipeline to continue that success um when we when I was reading about more about the Neymar thing uh, it was all about Luis Figo analogy about how Luis Figo went to Real Madrid in his prime and how uh, Barcelona spent uh, money unwisely. And a lot of fans have that fear that's going to happen again. And again, the board just has 
no direction. They're, they offered Coutinho 120, I think, 120 million. It's just, it's ridiculous, you know. Last year they could have probably got him for 70 or 60, you know. And now they, they, now they know that we have so much money, everyone's trying to gouge us. But I just think that going back to the whole directiva, it just needs a new directiva. And we need to get back to our identity with the La Maisa. That's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of sentiment among all the fans in that direction, and we we totally agree. Shifting gears a little bit, what are your thoughts on the uh, Paulinho signing? I, I I hate it. I mean, I hate it so much. Uh, he's not even that good. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, wh- 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 when is he going to play? Like, when is he? Where is he going to play? That's the other question. I I just don't see it at all. I was watching videos again because I'm like, okay, maybe I'm I'm really biased because of everything I've been reading on Twitter and on social media about how bad he is. But he doesn't do anything. He just plays midfield, and all his highlights are like from the World Cup. When Brazil won, like, um, you know, the early rounds when they were beating teams and he was doing like these back passes and all these things. And I'm just like, great. That's, that's not what we need right now. So, you know, he's, he's supposed to be a midfielder, right? So, but we're, he's not going to take Rakitic's position. He's not going to take Iniesta's position or Busquets. So he's going to be riding the bench at 40 million transfer fee. It's ridiculous. It is completely ridiculous. I'm, I loathe this decision so much. And it's just like, is this supposed to be our splash signing? Seriously? Like, I mean, come on. I don't think so. I don't think it's supposed to be a splash signing. I mean, and and honestly, I'm not too familiar with him as a player or his career, but I watched some highlight reels also. I figure, you know, if he wasn't doing too well at Tottenham and went to a Chinese club, even if he has a lot of skill, there might be something in his attitude that just means he really isn't the most competitive player, especially at his age. He's 29. Uh, So he's already kind of moving towards pasture. You know, I certainly don't think he was signed to be a starter or a core part of the squad, but just an extra set of legs, I guess, to come off the bench when needed. You know, I mean, Barcelona does have a fairly demanding schedule at times between uh, three different competitions. But uh, yeah, maybe he's just supposed to be like some extra legs when they need it, giving a little more depth to the midfield. But for that, I, I really think the club absolutely overpaid at 40 million euro you know yeah and it's it's again everyone knows we have all this loot you know and everyone just wants a piece of it and it's ridiculous it's just you know you got to be smart here right you know you gotta it's just like real estate right buy low sell high right not the opposite don't be a sucker yeah exactly and it's like everyone says you know when everyone knows you have a sack full of cash they're gonna be (laughs) trying to get you to open that sack up yeah this 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 inspires nothing for me this is like you know it's like almost getting like a new uh ball boy or something i don't don't know it's just like what is he gonna do nothing great yeah we'll see how that plays out during during the uh during the season and that's the half We want to say thanks to everyone who's been listening and sending in questions and recording those show intros for us. Please keep them coming. With La Liga starting up uh, this coming weekend, we're going full steam ahead with Barca Talk now, coming out every Monday, talking about club news, talking about matches, and we want all of you to be a part of the conversation and part of the show. So keep sending those emails and voicemails. And you can find our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website at barsatalk.net. We're always sharing articles of interest to Barca fans and show announcements as well. So follow us and obviously share the items to fellow Barca fans. Sharing is caring. (laughs) Yeah, and honestly, you can find everything just on our website. You can just go to barsatalk.net and all our social media, our voicemail line, our email, it's all there, right? So uh, thanks a lot. Keep listening and keep sharing. Uh, That was just a, a brief break. Let's start the second half. 
Well, here we are. The, the game is over. The result was not good. Uh, Real Madrid beat Barcelona in the, in the Camp Nou, first leg of the Spanish Super Cup. What, I can't even remember. What was it? Three to one? Yeah, three to one. So how do you feel, Gabriel? Uh, I feel disappointed. I'm disgusted a little bit. Just, uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought there was going to be a, you know, a change in the tactics and the style. And this game reminded me so much of the last three months of last season where we have so much possession, but we don't do anything. And again, I, I what's up to you? And I said, look at Marcelo. Marcelo doesn't have to play defense. Yeah. Like he was just like rolling up playing as a forward. And that's the thing is that like it's if we're not going to play a 4-3-3, we have to occupy Marcelo, for example. And I mean, we, we need to go through these players today. I mean, it was just absolutely horrible. I think only Messi and uh, Umtiti were the only standouts and everyone else. Terrible. Maybe Iniesta a little bit, but he got subbed out. And so. Well, and Ter Stegen. Ter Stegen had made some great saves. It could have been a lot worse if not for him. Exactly. And the two goals from Madrid, uh, from Ronaldo and um, Asensio, were like just pure golosos. So unsavable. But uh, let's. Uh, what, what were your thoughts watching the game? Were you. I, I had a few thoughts, uh, just kind of general ideas. But uh, let's let's start with uh, just kind of going over some some player ratings because you were you were keeping your own sort of scorecard during the game. Why don't Why don't we start with that? Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm just. We're just gonna. We're, we're just gonna do the player ratings for the starting eleven. Um. So here we go. Ter Stegen. I would give him a six and a half, seven. Yeah. Like you said, he made some saves, but at the same time. Um, he wasn't really put to the test so much where he was outstanding. He was just above average. Alex Vidal, three. I mean, absolutely horrible for me. Um, you could definitely tell the talent gap. You know, these are the top 20 players in the world, basically, and he's just not able to play. Lost the ball a bunch of times, never made a good cross, and just terrible on defense again. It's just like he, he left Ronaldo wide open on a bicycle kick. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. And it's like he turns around and he's like, oh, yeah, Ronaldo's on the field. You know, it's just like basic defending, these type of things. Yeah. I think on the attacking end, he had a couple of promising moments, but nothing that he was delivering on. Yeah. And that's the thing is that it, I was I was yelling at the TV at my friend Luis's house. I was like, Alba and Vidal, they never cross well. How many times does it get blocked? Like you, it just gets blocked every time, and it, and when Marcelo gets the ball, I'm always super scared because he always can get it through. You know, these are this is becoming you know the same repetition of last season. Anyway, we'll continue. Umtiti, uh, I would say eight or even nine. He's he's man, he's so good. He's so calm on the ball. He's strong. Um, there was like the one time where he just muscled bail off turn around just pass it off i mean it's just brilliant yeah i'm really happy to have him in the center yeah uh pk i would say probably a six or five unfortunately he got used <laughs> on the two goals and he had the auto he had the uh, own goal so he had you know it wasn't his best game so um let's see jordi alba i would say six two but again he had a lot of dangerous runs but when it came to the final cross it just kept getting blocked and we we need to have some pressure in there to do something. Um, let's see. Iniesta, I would say six or seven. Unfortunately, got subbed out. But it's like he's the only one there trying to make passes. And now he has to do it with Messi. And he just doesn't have that chemistry um, with the other, like with Defalau and all these other guys. And 
he just was like a by himself pretty much the whole time. Rakitic, I would say a five. Uh, you know, he had some good things, but again, he was exposed again on defense because Messi's not occupying that four three three. Sergio Busquets, I would say six or seven. He played pretty well. Um, you know, for the most part, Defla, I would say three. It, the opposite, how he played in the exhibition game, he played the opposite of this. Couldn't hold on to the ball. Yeah. Do you think he was like nervous or? something it seemed like he didn't know where he wanted to be exactly he always made the wrong choice (laughs) you know like when he was supposed to pass he shot or when he was supposed to hold the ball he didn't you know and it was just like yeah maybe he was nervous but at the same time he doesn't have chemistry yet with Messi and Suarez there was a I remember one time he was on a counterattack and he didn't know if he wanted to drop it off for Suarez or keep going and then it just became nothing well that was the one where he actually held up rather than charging forward or sending the ball upfield which he should have done because like they had the numbers they had the space and he actually held up and just kind of went lateral and he was I guess maybe waiting for some more people to come come back but I guess he forgot that Real Madrid was also going to do that and and then you know Madrid gets all their men behind the ball and yeah it was nothing yeah exactly and you know that happened a couple of times it's just like how he played against in the exhibition, he looked really good, strong, um, aggressive, confident. He looked the opposite in this. Um, obviously, Messi for me, eight or nine, he was the only one that really carried the offense tonight. And Suarez for me was awful. He was probably a five or four. He, I, I my, my buddy Luis does not like Luis Suarez at all. And we were talking about it today. And it's just like, how many times is Luis Suarez offsides? Yeah. I mean, it's like one of your main jobs as a center forward is to just follow the defender and not be offsides. And I know this happens very quick, but it's like every time he's offsides. And how many times did he not pull the trigger on a shot? Like, it was just like these type of things, you know, that's his job. Like, now we need more goals from him even more since we don't have Neymar. And, you know, obviously you got the the fake penalty that he, like, dove for, you know, which is great. But, uh, yeah, for me, it's just a really bad overall performance by by the team. I mean, with tactics, with, with just everything. I mean... Real Madrid made changes, right? They, they had Ronaldo on the bench. They bring him in, he scores, then gets a red card. They bring us in sale, he scores. I mean, they just have, uh, they're just rolling. Madrid, I mean, Isco, my God, like, is this guy serious? Like, he was just uh, directing the attack for Real Madrid everywhere. Every time he had the ball in the third, in the last third, I was getting nervous every time because you never know what he's going to shoot or pass. Yeah, Isco is a real trickster, and I, yeah, they have a really great great squad right now and Isco just keeps coming up and making a better and better case to get more minutes uh ahead of guys who you would assume would get them you know yeah yeah he's but again this goes down to the same thing it's like we don't know what we're doing we don't have a clear plan how many times was there like six people in the middle of the park on our last third and there's nowhere to pass because the defense doesn't have to do anything the defense is all you know um uh, they're all like combined together so there's no holes there's no give and goes there's nothing and so that just lends to you know the tactics again we have nobody occupying the corners to spread the defense out and then Messi or Niesta can work their way through the middle I'm really disappointed because I thought for sure Valverde was going to put a better stamp either change the formation you know do something but this this is the same this is the same crap again it's just like you know Real Madrid is going to do a counter. We're, they are super fast. We're not fast as they are. And on the two goals that they scored at the end of the match, they were both on 
really, really beautiful counterattacks uh, where they just took us to, to task there. Yeah, well, the overall, uh, I guess, arc of of the game was interesting because it started off fairly subdued, actually. And, and, and in the opening minutes, uh, Barca looked to be in control and calm. That was when they looked their very best, was at the very beginning. Uh, the whole squad was moving as a unit, and um, and I actually liked the way they were playing in the opening minutes. But then Madrid started applying more pressure, gaining more possession, and they were dictating the tempo more. And like we've already kind of talked about, you know, Barcelona couldn't handle Marcelo's advances, and he was operating like another forward. And then, you know, Isco too. Uh, but I think everything really started going off the rails in the second half, really starting with the own goal from Piquet, you know, and then after that, it took them a long time to pick up their pace and they had a good run of 10 minutes or so when Messi came alive more. But, uh, but then after that, it it just started getting chaotic. Like the starting midfield, for example, uh, Iniesta, Rakitic, Busquets, they were staying pretty compact in the middle of the park. Once Valverde made the first midfield change, bringing in Sergio Roberto for Iniesta, uh, the midfield suddenly became really wide open. The overall game plan seemed to maybe be to play through the midfield, but they weren't handling uh, Madrid's pressure in there at all. And honestly, there just wasn't enough movement off the ball, not enough of that possession play that we're used to seeing. And uh, I mean, compared with, I'll say this at least, compared with uh, De La Feu, at least Denis came off and like made a, a good impact he was making a much better case for himself than de la Feu was oh and then there's the referee i don't think we can really discount all, all the help the referee gave to barcelona that they still couldn't take advantage of including gi- giving a questionable penalty and then ejecting ronaldo also questionably and yeah they still couldn't couldn't take advantage of it yeah i mean that yeah yeah the spanish referees are the worst they have no backbone here they are the worst they have no support from the from the league and from the higher ups so the players treat them like shit and it's just a really bad situation you you could see that the referee lost control in the last 15 minutes or so but going back to um you know just this 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 style that we're playing it's just yeah we have the ball a lot and that's great but we don't do anything with it so would you rather have the possession and not only you know maybe have one shot or i mean for me you have, especially against madrid for example like sergio ramos is always on skates right like he's he's i think he's a bit overrated as a defender as like just as a pure defender i think he has other intangibles but you can put him on an island and but you also have to do different things. You have to shoot from outside. You have to go around him. You have to do a bunch of things to to do that. And we just keep doing the same thing, going side to side with no clear um, shots on goal, you know? And it's only when we're pressing. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just really, I just thought, like, especially since, you know, the first Classico in Miami, and I know that was a preseason, but just goes to show you that uh, Real Madrid wasn't even really trying that game. For the most part. Yeah, no, on this one, they, they really came to play. And yeah, when, in Miami, they weren't really putting it forward. I'm not feeling super dismal about it, though. Uh, even if uh, ultimately, you know, on Wednesday, Barcelona goes to Madrid, plays in the Bernabeu, and and they lose. Or even if they play a better game, but uh, Real Madrid winds up winning the Super Cup. I'm, I'm still not feeling totally dismal about it. I think that... There is still a possibility for Valverde to, you know, institute more changes. Uh, I think that losing Neymar, 
has um I don't think that it's a death sentence. A lot of people seem to feel that way. Um, but I do think that it definitely requires some uh, creative readjustment, uh, establishing new chemistry, kind of like you were talking about. You know, the, the, there, the lack of chemistry is visible, uh, at least it was today. So finding ways to develop that over time, that's, that's a project. Messi, Suarez, Neymar, they had incredible chemistry, but they didn't have it at first. It didn't take them long to get it, but once they got it, they were off and running, and you know they were they were what they were. Um, but now that's over, <laughs> so something new has to has to emerge. But you know that sort of thing takes time, and it's a question of you know are we looking at a, a more a more rotated front line rather than the the consistency that you had with the MSN lineup? Or you know is Paco going to start getting more playing time and? Along with Delafeu and Denis, is there going to be some rotation there? Is Suarez going to play less? Of course, Messi is always going to be starting. That's a given, right? And probably for good reason, because he is still what he is. But, you know, he can't be him without without more support around him. Yeah. I mean, I think like I was telling you right before we, we were recording, I said if you are Coutinho or you know Dembele, you're just like, yes, uh, now... Barcelona is going to be more desperate now, especially after being humiliated like this at home, three to one, looking very just vanilla all across that Barcelona is going to be more desperate to pay a higher transfer fee, which is the worst case that could happen. So going forward, I mean, like I said, obviously, I'm hoping that maybe, you know, maybe Valverde is like, okay, this is how, this is what's going to happen if you don't change your tactics. Maybe telling the board, look, let me have control of the team. Let me change. Because, again, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know if the board is um, telling them they have to play this certain style because that's the Barca way. And Valverde is like, look, I'm the man. You, know, you don't know what's going on. I'm hoping that he kind of you know, is showing the board, like, this is the team we have. We don't have that much talent. We need more talent. Or we need to change the formation. And like you said, I like having Paco Alcázar and Luis Suarez up front as the two forwards. I mean, why not try that? I mean, we have – Paco Alcázar is a very good forward. He's been – in the La Liga for a while scoring goals. So it's not someone that's uh, unproven. So I, yeah, I mean that it would be out of the ordinary for Barcelona, but you know, it might be, it might be time for that. I mean, to think about, think about the last important games that we've had against Juventus and Paris and Real Madrid. And it's the same playbook. They press high. We get down early. We possess the ball. We don't really score a goal. They frustrate us. They counterattack and they kill us. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, and it's like, how do you, you know, right? What's the definition of an insanity doing the same thing over and over trying to get the same result, right? So it's like, it's like, come on now. Like if, you know, obviously we're not, I don't think we're going to have problems with, like we said, with Betis or, you know, Malaga, like these type of teams, but we have to be with Madrid if we want to win the league and Champions League and they're the top right now. So we have to do something different, drastically different. And what made it worse, too, is every time I watch the game at my friend Luis's house, it's a real Madrid neighborhood. So every time everyone's screaming, you know, like, you know, enjoy, you know, they're having fun. And, I, and my friend Luis and I are just bitter, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. OK, well, getting back to my uh, maybe foolish or naive optimism, but. I'm not I'm not feeling totally dismal about it just yet uh, because it's it's still so early. They they do have a lot of work to do. 
they don't have as much uh, talent right now as Real Madrid. That's true. But um, we do know that Valverde is a good manager. We do know that we have we have some talent. And we know that Valverde can um, maximize what he has at his disposal. He did it for years at, at Athletic Bilbao. He got great results from, from them, uh, even when he didn't have the most talented players. You know, he had some top players, and, and a, but a lot of not-so-top players. And he got really good results with them, you know, considering that. Uh, I don't think that we can expect Barcelona to... Well, what we don't want is for Barcelona to wind up being like an athletic Bilbao. You know, we don't want them slipping in the table down to like third or fourth place, obviously. And I don't think that's going to happen. But if we want to really compete in Europe and the Champions League, and if we want to win, if we want to win La Liga, then uh, obviously some things need to change and improve from what we saw today. But I, I am at least... I don't know. Again, maybe it's foolish, but I think I'm 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 optimistic that it could still happen. That like these improvements could take place, and of course, you know, like you said, there there could still be some some more signings of some good impact players. But then again, uh, as far as like when we talk about how much money we're shelling out for them, it's going to be ridiculous because one, now, like you said, everyone knows we need it, and two, everyone knows we have the money. So, I mean, that could be a real recipe for disaster. So, I mean, I honestly think it would be better to just stay with what we have at the moment and, um, I don't know, have faith in Valverde, let him let him really manage the team. And, you know, he could do great things. I mean, remember Guardiola's first season, they lost the first number of games and then he started getting them working together. And uh, and they won a treble that year. Uh, so, you know, crazy things can happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just, you know, your Real Madrid right now is just a juggernaut, you know. Um, winning two back-to-back Champions League, which has never been done, and the way they did it, I mean, that's so impressive. And so right now they're just rolling. Even though, you know, obviously aesthetically they're not the most pleasing team to watch because it's just up the middle powerful, but... Zidane has them working so well. And you saw the moves that he made today. They immediately make impact and they produce. And so, you know, we're striving for that level. We used to, they used to be striving for us and now we have to strive for them. And we just look, like I said, we just look like we have no direction right now. And we have to, we have to change the 433 in some sort of way. We need to maximize you know, you know, our midfield, the possession, also being dangerous up front, you know. And so maybe we should have Paco Alcazar and Luis Suarez as the tandem up top, Messi behind them, and then the rest of the team playing like that. Because you saw Messi. Messi never goes to the right corner anymore. He just goes up the middle making the passes because that's what he wants to do now, which is fine. Let's, I'm all for it, you know. If that makes him happy, great. But we need to get goals to it. We're not – Suarez keeps getting off sides. And if we move Suarez to the right side – and Paco on the left side, then all of a sudden we have two really good, powerful forwards that are going to be pressing up, and then Messi's going to have more room. Again, this is just hypothetical, tactical stuff that I'm dreaming of. Obviously, I'm not a professional, but this is just, you know, like I said, the last major games that we've had to play, it's the same thing. I mean, just think about the PSG game. They did the same thing. They maximized their opportunities. Juventus, the same thing. Real Madrid in the last Clasico um, did the same thing. So it's just kind of, you know, 
Yeah, you're you're the optimist. I guess I'll be the pessimist. So we'll go. Will you be the yin and I'll be the yang, right? So yeah, we complement each other. <laughs> I mean, I, I again, I don't want to get too you know down in the down in the mouth about it, but it could just be like you were saying. You know, there was a time not too long ago when Barca was the team. They were the top team, like unbeatable. All the talent in the world, best manager, best results everywhere they went. And Real Madrid was aspiring to that. And now we're in kind of the opposite situation. So, I mean, maybe this is the natural ebb and flow of, of football. You know, every every team is kind of on their own wavelength, going through their periods of uh, feast and famine. And, uh, you know, some a lot of times they uh, contradict each other. So we might be in more of a Real Madrid era right now. But doesn't change the color of my jersey. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Mine either, mine either. But it's just you know, it's just like uh, uh, the game. You know, I just I don't mind losing. You know, like I can take a loss, but I just hate losing like the way we played tonight. You know, where it's just kind of I don't know. Like we just look so vanilla. We didn't like you know. Just I don't know. There's something missing. You know, like. Um, and I just get I don't like losing that big either, especially Ronaldo scoring like the way he did and the way he celebrated, which I thought was hilarious. There was a lot of good memes on Twitter with uh, the Simpsons grandpa where he walks into the bar, drops his hat and turns around and comes out. It's basically like what Ronaldo did. Right. Comes in like at the 82nd minute, scores like in the 83rd and then gets a red card in the 84th. It was just like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it's such a good gift. I love it because it's just like the, you know, the grandpa Simpson coming into a bar, hanging his hat and turning around, just leaving the bar right away. So that's it. Yeah. yeah. So that was pretty much Ronaldo's uh, performance tonight. And plus he's going to miss the next game and he'll probably miss another two or three games because he pushed the ref. So that was really, yeah, that was really amazing. He's going to pay for that. Yeah, one. yeah. Again, another reason why, how do you even like this guy? Like the guy is such, Oh my God. I mean, he's so talented, but still Messi would never do that. You know what I'm saying? He would never like push the ref like that as, I mean, maybe in, when he was in Argentina because of what happened, but, but still like, I just, well, you know, I don't know. There's all, there's all different kinds of people in the world and all different kinds of players. And, uh, all different kinds of fans. I, and I think that in general, yeah, you're uh, unless you're born into it, your Real Madrid fans tend to be the ones who are uh, more into physical violence. <laughs> Not to say that there aren't Barcelona people who, who are like yeah. that. but So we'll see. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. The game is going to be super important. Um, not, I mean, obviously, it's going to be nearly impossible to pull this uh, Super Copa victory. I mean, obviously, have hope. But I'm just curious to see what overhaul changes happen. Does Vidal get the start? Does um, Dennis Suarez get the start? Um, we need to do something dynamic and different just to even throw it out there and try because, yeah, if we lose, great. But if we can do some sort of dynamic change or introduction to a new formation, that's it's the time to do it. You know, It's a good testing ground, especially before La Liga starts. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let, let's let's turn to the uh, the match with Betis. Okay. So this Sunday, uh, La Liga begins against Real Betis, a club who have been in the Primera Division for the last three years and six of the last seven, uh, with a lot of inconsistency. But uh, they've been making a push to be a greater contender in the league, making a couple of key signings this year that they hope will make them a threat, looking to stay mid-table or even better, looking to compete in Europe. Uh, this summer, they actually signed uh, Cristian Tello from Barcelona. 
even though he hadn't played in the blue and red since 2014, he had been on Barcelona's books this whole time. Uh, He was on loan to Porto and uh, most of the time with Fiorentina. But his contract with Barcelona is now officially over and he is at Betis actually playing at the club who holds his contract. Uh, Honestly, I always liked Teo, and I had high hopes of seeing him develop at Barcelona. So I'm going to be rooting for him to have a a good game, but not too much. Yeah, Uh, so this is going to be the opening game. I'm curious. um, I'm not really worried about these home games against mid-tier teams because we usually do pretty well at home. Uh, I'm just more curious when we play at Betis. So Betis is in Sevilla. It's in the south of Spain. Betis is the uh, stepsister kind of club to Sevilla. That's their biggest rival. Um, Betis has a long history in Spanish uh, football, but they were out of the Premier for a little bit. But again, yeah, they are um, an important team. And if they're good, it helps La Liga for, for sure. Um, they did make some key signings. So I'm curious to see how they'll do. But they're always in the shadow of Sevilla, especially in the last six to seven years with Sevilla winning uh, their um, Europa Cup uh, champion stuff and and also Sevilla performing really well in Europe. Um, so I'm curious to see how Valverde preps the teams against these mid-tier teams because that's where we lost the league last year. Uh, the games at, at Malaga, at Sevilla, you know, these type of games where we're, we're better talented-wise, but when we go to their stadium for some reason – um, we just don't perform well. So I'm excited for the league to start. Obviously, it's just, you know, it's August and it's kind of just everyone will be back here in Spain from vacation and it, the buzz of La Liga will definitely start up here. Yeah. And the first seven weeks or so of Barca's La Liga schedule is, um, I wouldn't say easy, but not too threatening. Um, the lower, lower table teams that, you, you know, that's where you normally find them, which I think puts them in a really good position to get the campaign off to a good start. You know, in those first seven weeks, I was just looking over the schedule probably the biggest threat will be espanol but otherwise they're going up against alaves getafe Eibar, girona las palmas you know these are teams that like you were saying last year they caused some problems at times for lucho and the men but i'm optimistic that we're going to see a, a new energy in the squad this year uh, thanks to valverde and all of those matches where we lost the league last year those matches that really ought to be that really are should wins turn out to actually be wins. Exactly. I mean, the most important thing is coming out strong, you know, especially um, with Real Madrid being as, you know, playing very well as well. So we have to start strong off the gate, you know, and also, yeah, I would say Espanol's the the most tricky uh, because that's a derby. Um, but the other teams, I'm not too worried about. Maybe Las Palmas, if that's, I'm not sure if that's home or away. If it's away, that could be a tricky uh, match because Las Palmas is a decent team. They played decently last year and they get up for the big games. They play uh, really well. Like last year, they almost beat uh, Real Madrid. They gave Real Madrid a big problem and they play well against us as well. So they have some talented players. But for the most part, I think they should come out to start with all those victories and hopefully, you know, we're not, we don't really have a new team per se. And it, hopefully with Valverde's direction, it'll be more tactical and we'll be able to use the bench a little bit more already at the beginning. I mean, I don't see why you can't just start rotating already. Um, some, t- you know, some, some players just to get some playing time and so forth. But most importantly, I think that we'll start off strong, get some wins and have a good start to the campaign. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, that's it for now. We're in full swing for the season. 
So catch us next Monday. Actually, we put up the show on Sunday night, so if you're really anxious, you could get it on Sunday night. But next week, uh, we'll keep on with whatever transfer deals have been done. We'll talk about the outcome of the Supercopa, the Betis match, and we'll look ahead to La Liga match day two, which will be against Alaves. Again, find our social media stuff and be part of the show by going to Barca Talk Net. I'm Gabriel Quiroga. And I'm Brian Henderson. Thanks for listening to Barca Talk. Bisca Barca. Bisca Barca. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.